Good morning and welcome to On Fire Radio, brought to you by Catskill Mountain Christian Center, a full gospel family church and Christian academy located at 629 Main Street in beautiful Margaretville, New York. What a great day to go to church. If you don't have a church, come on over to Catskill Mountain Christian Center. We would love for you to be our guest this morning. That's Catskill Mountain Christian Center this morning at 10 o'clock. If you'd like more information about On Fire Radio or Catskill Mountain Christian Center, give us a call at 845-586-4848. I'm Renard Bartow, and I'd like to invite you to join us for the next 30 minutes as we bring you On Fire Radio. Now let's go to Pastor Bob Engelhart with today's message. We're going to start in Psalm 139. It's important that you know that, you know, we put a lot of emphasis on being unique people, but a lot, a lot of times we're just like the same, and we're actually trying to emulate other people because we think if we would be more like other people that we think very highly of, we would be a better version of ourselves. And we end up, there, come, there comes a time when we end up not true to ourselves because we've been trying so hard to take on these characteristics that we admire in other people, movie stars, you know, famous singers, politicians, people like that, that, um, that it really sort of betrays God's purpose for us, that each of us are made in a unique and a wonderful way, and each of us have a unique and wonderful personality that God made intentionally to be on this planet during this generation and to represent him and to be fulfilled as a human being yourself. A lot of human beings I know that are not fulfilled and, and they, they will live their lives and, and just be unhappy. It's like Renard was saying, just be, I feel like, you know, I, I used to always, this song is super old now, the Billy Joel song, right, where he says, I, the bartender says, I know I could be a movie star if I, could, if I could get out of this place, right? It's this thing that we're called to be more. We're called to be something greater. And, and here we are kind of stuck in these circumstances, and that can make us very unhappy at times. Because we just feel like, you know, I could have been a contender, you know, <laughs> those kind of things. And I just want you to know, God made a perfect you. You know, God made a perfect you. You're, you're, you, are, you are a perfect you. And anybody else you ever try to be, be like, you're going to be a knockoff. The best you can be is a knockoff of, of, of another person. Now, not that we're not going to share qualities, character, characteristics from time to time, and all those kind of things, but the truth is we, we overlook 
looking inside and digging deep so God can reveal to us our, ourselves and that we can come out of that place with, you know, with joy. And so, uh, 139, uh, Psalm 139, reading this from the New Living Bible because I just think it's just easier on the ears than uh, some of the, like the King James and stuff. It said, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. Now this crazy thing about God is that it's very easy to forget that he is your constant companion in every second of your life. In everything you do, in everything you think, in everything you say, God is with you. There's no getting around that. There's nowhere he's not. And, and because he has this idea of who he's called you to become, you know, I think you, sometimes you, you feel the pull inside of you and don't always chase the more righteous kind of uh, personality that you can develop. Okay, you know when I sit down or stand up. I always love it when Jesus said, God knows when a, a sparrow falls from a tree, right? I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy that we're dealing with an entity here who created the universe and is so conscious of everything all the time that, that he knows everything about you. He knows more about you than you do. He knows your deepest thoughts, dark or, or good. He knows it all. And he likes you. He likes you. He created you because he likes you. He wants you to be the best you you can be. Isn't that cool? Verse 3 says, You see me when I travel. And when I rest at home, you know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. So that means that God is going before us, ahead of us, and he's following us. Right? <laughs> I love that. that I love the uh, Psalm 23 where it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. My problem is sometimes we get moving so fast, we outrun the goodness and mercy that's supposed to be following us. And uh, we don't let it catch up to us. Because sometimes it takes a little bit of, it takes a little bit of um, patience to wait for God's goodness and mercy to catch up with you and to captivate you and own you. Uh, Verse uh, 6 says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. We would say in the vernacular, we'd say, you blow my mind. Right? Yeah. He's saying, it's too wonderful for me. Such knowledge is too wonderful to me. God, you're blowing my circuits because of this, this knowledge you have of me, because of this care you have of, of giving me of yourself. Um, 
Where are they? It says, um, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I, li I like that because I think there's, oh, God is always going to be partially mystery, but I don't think he, he, I think he wants to reveal a lot more of himself than you could ever imagine. I think God, a lot of times when, in the, in the New Testament in particular, when it talks about the mystery of God and so on and so forth, there's two kind of Greek words that are used. And one word for mystery is a mystery that's meant to be kept a secret. And another kind of mystery is a mystery that God wants us to find out. It is a mystery, but when we go searching for it, he allows us to discover this mystery. So it's a mystery uncovered. And that's what we're really looking for. We're looking for the mysteries of God, to uncover the mysteries of God. Because that makes a healthier you, that makes a happier you, that makes a more joyful you, that gives you more purpose in your life, that gives you more life in your life. Now, I mean, people, I believe, can come to the end of the road. They, and then they have tried for their 80 years to be like other people. If I could be like this person, I could be like this person, or you know, and never really settled with who God made us to be. Um, it says, verse 7, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go to heaven, you are there. If I go to the grave, you are there. If I ride on the wings of, mor of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even though your hand will guide me and your strength will support me, um, says, oh, I'm sorry, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask for the dark, I could ask for the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. I want to go and do sneaky things. I, I want to hide from God and do sneaky things. So I'm going to ask for the going in the darkness so I can hide in the darkness. That's what he's saying. Verse 12 says, but even in the darkness I cannot hide from you. To you, night shines as bright as day. To God, night shines just the same as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. Right? So you don't think you're wonderfully com complex. You think you're a simple man or a simple woman. You know, you've got desires. You know, you've got whatever desires you have. The complexity of who you are is magnificent. There's so much inside of you that you've never said or ever done that God has for you, that he wants for you. Things too wonderful for me to even speak or speculate. You know, we have a, a sort of a, I don't know, a com common denominator, Christianity, that if I'm as good a Christian as I see the people around me, then I guess I'm good enough. And God wants so many different and diverse things for all of us. 
15 again, you watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You watched. God, you were watching even when you were in your mom's womb. God was watching. Um, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious, how precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. Hey, this is, you know, listen, this is, the, this is a sermon I can entitle, It's All About You. It's all about you, right? That's what he's saying. I can't get over the numerous thoughts of good that you have for me. This is David. This is a Psalm of David. David saying that. I mean, we should skip down the street like an 11-year-old girl just because God is thinking wonderful, magnificent things about us. And if we'll be looking for him, if we'll spend a little bit of time searching him in prayer, he'll begin to show up and do things and, and say things and lead us into places you never would dream could happen to you. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? They cannot be numbered. <laughs> I can't even count them. They, are, they outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake, you're still with me. Now, this is a, this is a little interesting part of this. Oh, God. <laughs> this is when you know somebody really loves God a lot. Oh, God, if you would only destroy the wicked. <laughs> oh, gosh, you're killing me. Your enemies mis misuse your name. Right? How many people use Jesus' name as a curse word? Right? Your enemies, they misuse your name. He said, Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate? See, he's asking a question. Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? And what does Jesus say about that? Love your enemies, right? So God kind of gets around to answering that question, you know? And, and I'll tell you something, that Jesus, there's something a, a little bit mysterious about Jesus saying that every sin against, uh, against you will be Forgiven unless you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, that can never be forgiven. Did you ever read that? Scary, right? And where's the Holy Spirit? Everywhere. Everywhere. Right, I know. It shook me up when I was preparing, too. I said, how do I want to handle that? Maybe I'll just skip over that and not talk about that part. But that, I, think it's, I think it's important. You know, all your sins are to be forgiven. You know, go before God, get vaccinated with repentance. You go before God, and now you're, you're free. You're free. You're a free person. You're free to discover yourself. Um, he says, shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? He says, yes, I hate them with total hatred. I have to tell you something. When you love Jesus that much, you have a hard time bearing people who hate God. You have a hard time. That's when Jesus said, love your enemies. Why, Why did he have to tell us that? 
because it's hard to do. Verse 23, now David turns around. <laughs> and now he's talking about himself. He says, search me, O God. You know, I love you. Your thoughts toward me are great, except that I really hate those people who disrespect you. And then he says, search me, O God. Search me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. You know, I kind of have become sort of convinced that difficulties happen in our life, not as a quote-unquote test, but we do end up having our faith tested. You know, we do have opportunities to, you know, say we're going to take our faith to this point or this point or this point and then stop progressing. You know, we really got to have We've got to be people who have the heart. There's got to be some people in our town that have the heart to go all the way with Jesus. Jesus, I give, you, I give it all to you. I give it all to you. I, I think that's what he wants. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. God, I want you to look at me. I want you to inspect my deepest parts, and I want you to tell me what's wrong with me so I could fix it. So I could fix it. So, so I could ask you to fix it for me. Test me, because I really, you really are so complex. We really are so complex. We're so deep as human beings that we really don't know ourselves. But you have to have God inspect the deepest part of your heart. And then he'll reveal it to you. And then you can repent. And then you can revise your behavior, your thinking, your thought, thought life. The scripture just said, uh, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old, uh, old things are passed, passed away and all things become new. And in the original language, that's a continuous tense. Old things are passing away, and all things are becoming new. So as you grow in your Christianity, you should continue to grow in, in God's character, right? Now, the scary thing about that is, is in, in many churches, that means that we're all supposed to be cookie-cutter people. You know, we're supposed to be, everybody's supposed to be the same cookie-cutter person. God never said that. But he does give us guidelines. He does give us law. He does give us the word to live by. But even within that, you have your own, um, you have your own um, uh, equation that makes you you. Okay? Search me, O God, and know my heart. You, if you ever really pray that prayer, search me, search me, oh God, know my heart. I'm going to tell you something. You're a person who has guts. But because you've got to pray that prayer, you've got to say, Lord, reveal to me what's in me. Show me my inward parts so that I can take care of business. 
in our society, we tend to know more about others than ourselves because we think other people have better lives than us, and we think that they, we wish that they, we were where they are, you know, actress, singer, you know, famous person, or something like that. I'm going to read from 1 Thessalonians 5. I don't know how far I'm going to go down here. I, there's just a couple of things that are commonalities that the Lord really asks us to walk in. And what I think that people who are not in the church, they do believe in God out there, you know. They may not say it or admit it, but they do believe in God. And, but there are commonalities of characteristics that we're all supposed to share because we can't be completely different, right? I mean, you can't be completely different. There's going to be something that's going to make us a culture that we have shared values and that we live together under shared values that allows us to care for each other and love each other, even if we're very different from each other. Does that make sense? This is the last chapter of the book of First Thessalonians. Paul writes, now concerning how and when all of this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write you. For you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. When people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman, a woman's labor pain begins. And there will be no escape. But you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief, for you are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to the darkness and the night, so be on guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour his anger out on us. Christ died for us so that we, whether we are dead or alive, when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. We, got a, we have a, a destination. Eternal life. We have a destination. And we should be building each other up and encouraging each other to walk in the values of this wonderful destination that we have of eternal life that's given not because we earned it, but because we received it. Not because we earned it, but because we received the gift. There's a gift out there, you know, on your doorstep. You know, I don't know if I should take it or not. It's a gift. I don't know if I should take it. You know, it's wrapped in nice prayer paper. I think it's supposed to be nice. What if there's a bomb in that thing? You know? And that's what people are afraid of Jesus. Jesus is a gift. But people think there's a bomb in it. You know, if you open up Jesus, he's going to make you do all kinds of things that he don't want, you don't want to do. And the funniest thing is, he makes it, he allows you to do things that you never knew you wanted to do. And, and 
causing just so much of a moment of, of life and liberty and joy, you know, that it just, it just blows you away. You take that package in. I received this gift, God. I received this gift. And now I'm going to do everything I can to obey you because I'm not very good at doing good stuff. So if I'm a new creature in Christ, all things are passing away. Behold, all things are becoming new. That means this is going to take me a little while. I can see that this is like a, my, my grandson does these mega thousand-piece Lego sets. He puts them together, you know. He's got, I, can, I don't think I could, I know I didn't. I would not have the patience to do this. My grandson Solomon, he puts together these crazy big Lego sets, you know. Listen, you're a Lego set. There's stuff God needs to put together in you that are not connected. And God wants you to enjoy the fullness of his being. You know, the, the book of Philippians, the main theme of the book of Philippians is joy. Paul wrote it from a prison cell. Okay, from verse 9. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour his anger out on us. God doesn't not mad at you. God has never poured any anger out on you. God is not angry at you. God loves you. That's why he sent Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? It says, Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive, when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you're already doing. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you to give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. He said, show them great, uh, great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peaceably with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Listen to this. So this is for everybody, right? I just talked about you as a unique individual. This is for everybody. Brothers and sisters, um, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. He's talking about lazy in their faith, right? People who live a lazy faith. Encourage those who are timid. Timidity is a real issue in our culture because our culture has turned so far away from God. You get yourself in trouble if you talk about Jesus. Okay, brothers and sisters, Warn those who are lazy and take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil. Boy, that, that can be a real test. But always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Now may the, may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen for he who calls you 
he who called you is faithful. Dear brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all the brothers and sisters with a sacred kiss. I command you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to read this letter to all the brothers and sisters. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you this morning. We ask, Lord God, that you would lift us up and allow old things to pass away and and remake us as born-again men and women in your image. Let us represent you to our community um, and to the uh, our families, our, our separate families and friends and folks we know. Lord God, it's like Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The people in our community, people in our lives, uh, forgive them because they know not what they do. We ask, Lord God, that you would use us, Lord God, to be a picture a small piece of Jesus to them that they might be able to find their way to salvation and life everlasting. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that God has used this message to minister to you. If you would like to help financially support the work of Catholic Mountain Christian Center, you can go to our website and give at www.cmcconline.org. There you'll find options how to give online safely and securely. And to find out more about Cats and Mountain Christian Center, you can follow us on all of our social media platforms. You can follow the handle at CMCC Church at Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also head over to our website at www.cmcconline.org. And on behalf of Pastor Bob Englehart and everyone here at Cats and Mountain Christian Center, this is Jake Johnson signing off. God bless. And thank you for joining us this morning.